Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. We are in week three of this series that we're calling Central Strong. And today one of the things that we, wanna, we want you to know, because the Central Strong series is all about what is it that, that we need to be as a church to build ourselves up and to build, to build each other up into being the people that God wants us to be. And one of those things that we find to be incredibly highly valuable is worship. Giving ourselves in worship to God. Being active in our worship. And that's a little bit what I want to talk to you here in this first one is talking about being active in worship. Um, why do we sing songs when it comes to worship? Uh, why are we putting a little more emphasis on the singing side of, of church today? I want to be clear. Singing is not the only way that you can worship God. There are infinite ways that you can worship God. But for some reason, singing is one of those things. Even if you're not great at singing uh, and you don't love to sing and maybe you don't like the kind of style of music necessarily that we use, there's something about singing that is one of those things that all of us can do together. And maybe more than anything else, to be active in our worship, singing is that thing that can kind of get us there. So again, why do we put emphasis on singing? Um, why, not just this week, but every week you come in here and we're going to sing some songs. Why is that? Let me answer that in a little bit of a roundabout way. How many of you would say that you struggle with some kind of laziness? Um, you don't have to raise your uh, Okay, you're, you're not lazy enough to raise your hand on that. So maybe you're better than you think you are. Um, we all struggle a little bit. I know for me, maybe it's not always necessarily laziness, but it's this desire to have passive moments in your day. I don't like to be a lazy person, but man, I really love those passive moments where I'm not doing anything. I love that. And, and I'll be honest, man, I, I, I aim for those moments of my day way too much. To the point that uh, if you ask my wife, she will say, my husband probably checks out more than he should. Um, just something, something in me. And I'm finding, though, that passive time maybe isn't as relaxing as I once thought it was. Uh, trying, to, trying to not be active and not do anything, I don't always walk away from those moments as refreshed as, I, as you would think. You see, I think while we're people that we're busier than ever by passively busy, I want you to think about all the time that you, you spend doing things in your day where you're, you're being passive, you're not really doing much. Maybe it's your, your TV time. Maybe it's the 12,000 hours every day on your phone, uh, reading, whether it's reading news or it's being on social media or you found that really, really funny video and you watched it 13 times in a row. Even in our relationships, how much of that time that we spend is actually active time and how much of it is passive time where we're just kind of sitting by each other? Now, it's a great thing to, be, to, to have people that you love around you that you can just sit and be comfortable with. But how much are we really engaging in our lives? How much are we really active in our lives with people? Kids go to school and they hear lectures. And then they come home and you're like, hey, what happened today? You're like, I don't know. They, they sit there passively and half the time they get nothing from it. Why do we sing songs as a part of our worship at church? It's because we need to engage with God in a way that is active and not just passive. It says in Romans 6.13, give yourselves to God. Surrender your whole being to him 
to be used for righteous purposes. Now, does that sound like being passive right there? Now, some of you might say, at first you're like, oh, surrender. Surrender sounds passive. You just lay down and die and, and like just surrender yourself. <laughs> sounds pretty passive. But you're, you're not taking the first part of that passage where he says, give yourselves to God. This is anything but passive. This is an action that God is calling us to, to give ourselves to him. And believe me, I, I, I know that sitting and listening to me preach is not always a very active thing. I've seen some of you nod off. Better not right now, because this is like going to be literally eight minutes of me talking, I think. Okay, so stick with me. No one can fully give themselves actively when they're sitting there, and we are always going to try to preach the gospel here in a way that's engaging with you, in a way that will make sense for your life. But I'm telling you, without active engagement as well, I don't care how much we know about the Bible. I don't care how theologically awesome we are. We understand everything theology. We are missing something if we are not active in our faith. And that's the thing about singing. Singing and, and music. I, you might not love singing music, but I guarantee probably every one of you has been to a concert. If you've had, had your favorite band, you love going to concerts, at least of those favorite bands that you have. And you are actively engaging at those concerts probably. Most of those concerts, if everybody was sitting on their butts the whole time and they were just like, hmm, that was lovely. You'd be like, that was a lame concert. We love to engage with music that we like. Now, here's the deal. Maybe you don't like the style of the music that we, we might sing at, at church. Maybe you just like rap. That's okay. Jane Loomis, if that's you, I don't know. Who's like, who likes rap? I don't know. We had, we had a lady at my, my last church back up in Manaqua, and she was, at the time, like 70 years old. She loved Eminem. It was awesome. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Maybe you don't like the style. But I'm telling you, it's about who we're worshiping. It's about why we're doing it. And so even if you don't love the style, you can enter in to that music because it's an active thing that we're doing. So what is surrender? Let me tell you, this is a word that Americans bristle at. We don't like the word surrender. Because again, we love words like succeed and conquer and overcome. Those are active words that we like. And we, look, we listen to surrender and we're like, I don't, I don't know. I, it doesn't sound like what I want. I think surrender is misunderstood. Seems like laying down and just taking whatever the enemy has to hand us. But surrender, while it feels like defeat, I love what Pastor Rick Warren, this is what he says about surrender. He says, the heart of worship is surrender. The heart of worship is us surrendering ourselves, giving ourselves to God. It's an action step that we take in response to the amazing love and grace that God has given to us. We actively give ourselves over to God because he first loved us. And that is why God sings songs, to give us that moment to surrender to God in a way that's not passive. Music, I think, is one of the best ways that together we can kind of enter into this same mindset. That we're actively going to go after God. And, and I'll be the first to say, not all the time do I come into a church service and do I feel like I want to be active in my worship. But sometimes that's where choice comes into play. That we have to choose that I'm going to actively seek out God. Music itself isn't worship, but I think it's one of the best tools to getting ourselves to that place of active worship. We get up out of our seats. Maybe we raise our hands in a, in a physical sign of surrender to God. 
We open up our mouths and we sing out words. You know, there's plenty of spaces in the Bible where it says to confess. <laughs> confess your sins, but also confess your love for Jesus. Confess that he is Lord. So when we open our mouths, there's something that takes place in that activity that we need to do. This activity is more than just engaging our, our bodies. It's engaging our hearts. It's engaging our minds. Again, I understand that not everybody feels super comfortable with music. Not everybody wants to, to in front of a bunch of people, stand up and, and start singing. But there's a flip side on this. Some people would love to just come in and worship all the time. We need both. We need the activity of worshiping God through song. We need to hear the word, to hear the message of the gospel preached. And these two things have to go together for us to be well-balanced people. Worship brings us balance in where we're at with God. Just hearing the message is not going to be everything that we need. And so if you come in, some people like to come into church even late. Like, maybe I can skip the music and just get to the message. And I'm telling you, we're missing something if we're skipping out on this part. We need to engage actively in our worship. So as we begin, uh, we're going to sing this time for, for singing. But realize that the great opportunity that we have as a body of believers to come together, what this this opportunity affords us. This is another opportunity to put your faith into action. As you put it into action, God often meets us in a way that he doesn't meet us other times. There's something about actively worshiping God that opens our hearts. I, I pray about that almost every Sunday when you come in here. Lord, open our hearts as we worship. Because a lot of the week, our hearts are closed off for whatever reason. Let this be a moment where we open up our hearts to God. Um, one of my favorite preachers, he's a retired preacher from New York. His name is Timothy Keller. If you've never heard of Timothy Keller, I would suggest find his books, uh, read them, find his podcast, listen to him. I love listening to his sermons. Uh, but he says this about worship. He says, the word worship is from Old English, worth-ship. The ascribing of highest worth. Whatever you value or love the most in church is just an expression of that. Um, earlier we, we talked about how worship has to be active. And another reason that we worship, we worship to be active uh, with, with, uh, in our relationship with God and our engagement with God. But the other reason is that flat out Jesus is worth it. And I know it's church and, and so you're expecting to hear that Jesus is worth worship. But I hope something that I say in the next few minutes uh, inspires your heart a little bit more to realize, yes, Jesus is worth my worship today. Uh, at just about any time, all of us, we are giving value to things. We're giving value to the things that we love most in the world. Uh, little kids do this all the time. They give value to toys. And so you go to the store with them and they're like, Dad, I really want this toy. I really want this toy. And you're like, no, I want to feed you this week. And they're like, I don't care about eating this week, Dad. Give me the toy. And I'm like, no, I literally, it's going to be that or, or you don't get to eat dinner for three nights in a row. I want the toy, Dad. The value is off the charts in the wrong place. Um, and I don't know what it is about little girls, but they value dolls. I think they would give up 
like arms of their own if they could get a new doll. My kids, I don't know why, but my two youngest daughters, they got another, both of them went and bought another doll with their money again this week. And it's like 13000 in our house. I don't understand the value in that, but they value things. Teenagers, they value different things. They value things like popularity. Uh, they value celebrities, which is crazy, right? Um, I mean, I used to have posters on my wall as a kid. My every inch of my of my my bedroom was full of posters of people like Michael Jordan, um, not LeBron James, Michael Jordan. I was a little too young for LeBron, but. And don't tell me that adults that we don't struggle with this same bent towards worshiping things that maybe we shouldn't necessarily worship. Have you ever ascribed too much worth to making sure that your kid could be as successful as they possibly could? Too much worth in getting ascribed too much worth to their one millionth league game. Like that was the most important thing. You ever ascribe too much worth in the game that you were watching on the television? Um, I've, there have been times where I felt I would give a kidney for the Vikes just to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I've, I've, I've gotten better. I would only give up like a finger now. Um, <laughs> But we, we ascribe a reminder that Jesus is actually not the things that we should be ascribing worth to. And sometimes we just need a reminder that Jesus is actually worthy of our worship. That he is the most worthwhile thing to get our worship. And the question is, what makes him so worth that worship? So I'll tell you, there are a lot of things that make Jesus worth our praise. Uh, he is our creator. Like we talked about in this song, he is good in every possible way. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. There are a lot of reasons to praise God. And David writes about it in Psalm 145. He says, I will exalt you, my God and my King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. See, I think praise and worship are not always the same thing. I think worship is always, in a sense, going to be praise. But I don't think that praise is always worship. Um, sometimes we are in absolute awe of God and his attributes. We're in awe of the things that he does. But just being in awe of God doesn't mean that he's actually necessarily worthy of worship. In fact, I think God just being good, I think that alone is maybe not the reason why we surrender our lives to him, why we worship him with everything that we absolutely are. But there is one distinguishing thing about God that makes him worthy of our worship. It's not that he made us that matters most. It's that he's saved us. That is the one reason, that is absolutely everything of why we are called to worship him. To give him the most value of all. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 12, the writer actually records what he's seeing in heaven. Now, if you've ever read the book of Revelation, it, it seems like a little bit of a crazy book, right? I mean, there are stuff you're reading and you're like, what am I reading? But it's this guy, John, seeing angels. And here's what he says. In a loud voice, they, thousands of angels he's talking about, were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. See, I can praise God for a lot of things. I can go out on a beautiful morning, especially a beautiful fall morning. I'm so happy fall is coming and that it's here, I think, this week. It officially arrived. I am so happy because I love going outside on a, on a crisp fall morning. There is probably not another time in my life where I, I just naturally go, God, you are really good. Like, this is the epitome of how good you are. 
I can praise God for his creation. But I'll tell you what, I don't understand how to do artistic things. And so when I watch an artist paint a picture or sculpt a, a sculpture, <laughs> um, you know, do a sculpting. Is that a word? Uh, when I see that, I am in awe of artists. I can't fathom. Like, they start, they start drawing things, and I'm like, I don't know how that's going to look like anything normal. I'm like, wow, you figured it out. I can give praise to artists. I can praise God for his love for the sinner and for the hurting and for the lonely. But you know what? I've actually got a friend from high school that I, th I think about, and she doesn't really have much to do with Jesus in her life. But I'll tell you what. I, I can praise her for the fact that she went and lived in, decided to live in Africa to help the hurting people in Africa that she, she came across. We can praise people for a lot of things. A lot of the God-like kind of qualities that we see in God, I'll, I can kind of praise people for those same types of things. But one thing makes God worth worshiping, and he alone is worth that worship. And it's that he was slain for us. That passage said that these angels were crying out to God, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Are we too busy sometimes being people who recognize Jesus as being worthy of praise for all of his goodness? But we fail to remember that he's worthy of our worship because of the one act that he did on the cross for us. He is worthy of so much more than just me praising him. He is worthy of my surrender. He is worthy of me giving absolutely everything of myself to him because of what he did on that cross. You see, we didn't need someone who is kind enough to be nice to us. Jesus is kind, and I'm grateful that he's kind. But we didn't need somebody that was just kind. We didn't need someone wealthy enough to provide for our physical needs, although that's really nice. And Jesus is a provider of our life. We didn't need someone that was wise enough to push us in the right directions when we come to the forks in the road of our life. I'm glad that Jesus pushes us in the right direction, but we didn't need that. The only thing we needed, we needed someone to come and do the dirtiest work ever for us. We needed someone to die for us. See, our sin deserves death. And Jesus took that death so that we wouldn't have to. Now even that, there are, there are people that are out there that would choose to die for you if there was a car that was about to run you over. They'd push you out of the way. There's people in your life that you would die for. But it wasn't that just Jesus was just willing to die for us. It's that he was the only one capable of dying for us in a way that would take away our sin. He lived a perfect life so that his perfection could be put, placed on that cross where he would take our sin on himself, thereby being able to give us his perfection. That is so mind-blowing to me that Jesus would do that for us. Nobody else could do that. Man, people can love you so well and you can love them and you can give them praise for that. But there is not, there is no one in the history of mankind who's ever been able to take your sin from you. If we can't get excited about that, I don't know what we're going to get excited about. We have got to understand why he's so worth our worship. You know, one thing that pastors like to say sometimes, and I think we like to try to guilt people into this, but we say these things like, man, if, if we were at a, at a football game right now, we would, we'd be so loud in worshiping God. 
you know what? That's just praise. And sometimes our praise can be really empty. It's not about you coming into this room right now and worshiping God with a loud voice. We can all praise and we can do it loudly. Some towards God. Where's my excitement level towards God? Am I recognizing that he literally is the only way that I have to get to heaven? That is something to get excited about. I don't get super excited all the time, but when I preach about what Jesus did for us, like it's, it's hard for it not to kind of come a little bit because it is fantastic what our Savior Jesus did for us. True worship comes from a place deep within. When we worship together, are you outwardly showing praise to God as if you're in awe of him or are you inwardly giving yourself fully over to Jesus? I think it's possible to do both those things, to be outwardly praising God loudly and still be inwardly worshiping him. But that inward worship, that is what God is longing after. That's why our lives can be lives lived in worship. When we live in total surrender to Jesus, recognizing his place in our life and what he is to us, what he has done for us, that's a life lived in worship. Jesus is worth our deepest devotion. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.